is an app for prayer, and it's found in God's Word. And I look forward for this next month being able to more deeply explore uh, how we can make prayer an integral part of our lives. But before we get into that, just a quick update on uh, my vacation. Uh, I want to thank you so much for your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, four weeks that uh, we were disengaged and just involved and enjoying uh, recreation and being refreshed. Uh, many of you have asked about Lori and her rotator cuff surgery. The good news is that she's going to be ready to go next spring uh, to throw her fastball again. That's the most important thing uh, for us. But, uh, no, she's doing well. And uh, it, it's gone pretty smoothly. Uh, but you can pray for patience for Lori because it's tough not having an arm. <laughs> a very limited mobility. It's about six months to get it all the way back and sometimes even longer. So pray for patience for my bride because it's a long journey. Ah, we did a lot of things over vacation, the honeydew list. I tried to get something done, painted a little bit of the interior of the house and a lot of their odds and ends. Went some different places, magic waters and rocker. I tell you what, 12 bucks. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Great Plate Water Park, only about 45 minutes away. And then uh, we went up to the Bristol Renaissance Fair. How many been up there uh, just on the state line there? That is one interesting experience. Uh, going back to the 1500s, I'm not sure I'll go back again, but uh, it was worth at least one shot. Uh, in fact, people dressed up in costumes. This is what I dressed up as. You see in this picture here. Uh, you know, I got really creative. No, that's not me. That uh, was just one of the characters. And here's Lori with uh, one of the most, the best guy that was there in terms of performers. He was a comedian and juggler. Monvi, I think, was uh, his name. Uh, so we had a great time there. Then we went downtown Chicago, and uh, we went on Wendella Boat Rides. Yeah, other than that, you got to do that. Uh, and then we went up in the Sears Tower walked out under the edge, and I've been up there, it's no big deal. But at the same time, we had a good time as a family, and we happened to be going past WLS uh, around 5 o'clock, Channel 7 News, uh, when they were doing their newscast, and uh, I said, hey, we've seen this on TV, if we wait until the end of the newscast, we can get our 15 seconds of fame and be waving to all of Chicagoland. And uh, they didn't really want to do it. I said, no, 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 we got to do this. And even when the green screen went down and other people left, I said, we're staying. We're staying here because we know it's going to come up again. And, and we got our places in line, right in the middle, right in the center. <laughs> and, uh, well, some of you have probably seen this on Facebook, but uh, let me show it to you for those who haven't seen it. There you go. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, a moment that I'll always remember. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I've always uh, been fascinated with journalism. I was going to go into journalism. I was on the radio, DJing, and on the news uh, part-time in NIU. And I, uh, I, I really just have a fascination with it. So I would have loved... To go back, and we see a picture here of the uh, 
the cast of the newscast, uh, Ron Majors and Kathy Brock and Jerry Taft and uh, Mark Gian Greco were there that day. And uh, I would have loved to go in there and just hang out with them and talk with them and get to know them better and get a tour of the studio. Uh, but I don't think they would have let me in, even if I would have begged, even if I would have offered them $100. <laughs> I was just feet, uh, several feet away from them. At some point, they'd walk by the window. It's kind of like being in a zoo, but uh, uh, (laughs) I could see them, but I couldn't talk with them. I was thinking about that as I was preparing uh, for this message, because I read in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, Hebrews 4, that is, verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So here's the truth. Because I'm a child of God, because I've claimed Christ as my Savior, 24-7, I can't walk into the WLS newsroom, but I can walk into the throne room of our God, my Dad, the Creator, the All-Sovereign One, the One who loves me Perfectly, at any moment of the day, I can walk into his throne room. I have that type of access. And I have to continue to remind myself of that, or I take it for granted. And that's what we're going to explore as we move throughout this time together. In fact, this is our memory verse uh, for August, so I always encourage you to work on our memory verse, taking God's Word into your heart. So let's say this together. Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I encourage you to do everything you can to meditate on that verse and make it your own as we move throughout uh, this next month. Now before we kick into our message, I want you to take this particular insert out of your program. Take this particular insert out of your program. It's called Time with God Survey. As I teach about prayer and as I continue to lead and disciple you as a pastor, I'd like to know more about your prayer habits in order that I can better address what your needs are. So if you could quickly uh, fill uh, this out uh, with me. Uh, Again, just circle uh, what your age range uh, might be, and then your gender, and the years you've been a Christ follower. So when did you first make that decision uh, to turn your heart over to Christ and to repent of your sins and believe in Him? And then the years actively involved in a local church. In fact, yeah, Chair, if you come forward, if anybody needs a pen, raise your hand if you need a pen. Anybody need a pen out there? Raise your hand. And uh, one of our ushers uh, can get those uh, to you. Years actively involved in a local church. Uh, so that means, I mean, you might have been a Christian since a young child, but there's only certain periods of your life where you've been actively attending a church. That's important to know because those are strong growth years uh, in your life when you're involved in the body. Uh, how many times a week on average this summer have you spent time alone with God? So just think about this past summer, okay, seven days a week. Uh, 
how many times have you actually sat down for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, spent time reading God's Word in prayer? Uh, so, again, maybe it's only been once a week. Maybe it's been none. Maybe it's been four times a week. Whatever it is. And this is anonymous. Uh, how mature do you feel in your prayer life? Do you feel experienced? Uh, again, that doesn't mean you've arrived. It just means you've been a Christian for quite a while. And uh, you feel pretty mature that you could lead other people in their prayer lives and just in terms of coaching them. Uh, or maybe you're growing. You're just, you just feel like you're growing in your prayer life and you're making some progress uh, over the past year. Or maybe you're dead in the water. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, nothing's happening. It's just uh, not there. Or maybe you're just starting. Maybe you've only been a Christ follower for a year or two years or three years and you're just kind of learning what it means uh, to be a person of prayer. Now, what do you typically do during your prayer time with God? So let's talk about, uh, you know, do you, uh, are you reading through the Bible in a year? Uh, are you praying? Um, what devotional do you use? If you use a particular devotional, write that down, like Our Daily Bread or Jesus Calling or uh, maybe other, some other book that you're uh, reading through. I mean, currently or this year, whatever you might want to write down there. Uh, maybe uh, you have worship music as part of your time alone uh, with God. Maybe you take walks, uh, whatever. You just write those things down so I can just kind of get a feel and get some ideas that I can share with other people. How long do you typically spend in your time with God? So if you look at the average time you spend in uh, with the Lord, is it like, Typically 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour. When you sit down and really give yourself over to God, what typically is the amount of time? What are some of your frustrations and barriers that keep you from praying, for, praying more? I'm very interested in this. In, in what do you feel is a roadblock, an obstacle to you praying more? Uh, what is uh, keeping you from having an active prayer life? Uh, how many times do you pray to God? Uh, during the day. So maybe just might want to write frequently if you're always, you know, kind of having that conversation with, with God frequently. Or maybe it's just when you get up and when you go to bed. Or maybe it's just at meals. So again, just write the scriptures down there. How often do you use worship music uh, in your prayer time where you play uh, different songs? Uh, again, whatever you want to write down there. How often do you pray Scripture to God? We actually maybe pray a psalm to God, something of that nature. And again, you don't have to put anything if you don't do these things. How often do you pray with other people? It's very important. Uh, praying with other Christ followers, whether it be a small group, whether you pray with your husband or wife. Put down examples. Uh, you pray with your kids, that kind of thing. Uh, how often uh, do you, uh, or in what circumstances do you feel God's presence the most? So is it in our worship services you feel that? Or is it when you're having your prayer time or when you're listening to worship music or when you're walking out in creation, those type of things? What questions do you have about prayer? And again, I'll try to address some of these questions as we go throughout this series. I won't get to them all, but I'd like to know for the future as I continue to help you in this area. And do you feel you have the gift of intercession or a strong desire to pray regularly? So you really... You're a prayer warrior. We'd like to know who you are. In fact, uh, you can, if you want to keep this anonymous, you can uh, put that on your uh, 
uh, prayer, uh, excuse me, your uh, your bulletin insert, your program insert. Okay, on the communication slip, uh, just write uh, 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 prayer warrior or something of that nature. <laughs> Love prayer. Let's do that. Do it that way. Love prayer. <laughs> okay, so we can know. Uh, that you love prayer, and uh, we can talk to you about maybe some involvement in our prayer ministry uh, in the future. So John's going to play a little bit here, and you can uh, fill out a little bit of that uh, survey, and we appreciate it. Continue to fill those out, and uh, please put those in the offering bags as they go by at the end of the service. Well, we're beginning this series, the I Pray series, uh, four different messages of being reverent in prayer, being responsive in prayer, making requests in prayer, and making yourself ready in prayer. As I was going through my time of vacation, I was burdened uh, to study prayer in the month of August. Uh, the Lord, uh, again, spoke to my heart and said, this is something that you need, Dan, as well as uh, Springbrook needs as a family. And Daniel Henderson, I was reading some of his material. He is uh, well-educated and uh, experienced in this matter of prayer. I was reading some of his resources, inspired by those. I'll be using uh, some of his materials. And one of the key uh, books that I came across uh, was the 2959 uh, pattern of prayer. And here you see a picture of it up on the screens. And this is an excellent prayer journal that I came across in the last month. And I really would love uh, to have us adopt this as a discipleship tool in helping people to grow in their prayer lives, to teach new Christians how to pray. And I have some samples out in the atrium. There are three of them over on the counter and one at the cafe. And again, uh, we'll be telling you more about this as we go throughout this series, but it's a complete prayer journal on what you can pray about on a daily basis, how you can build prayer into your time alone uh, with God. And uh, we have decided... Uh, that we want to uh, help you to get your hands on this. If you buy it on the Internet, it's about $25, uh, but we are going uh, to supplement it through our HeartStrong initiative. You remember our different HeartStrong initiatives. We see them here on the screen. Uh, we have Loving God Together, and we're, of course, funding uh, 
John Jackson's uh, salary uh, through this HeartStrong initiative, uh, loving God together in worship, loving God one-on-one, and then loving our community, our different compassion initiatives, and loving our families. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. Uh, loving our families. And we got some exciting initiatives, a parenting seminar coming up, a marriage retreat this fall. We'll be telling you more about in the weeks uh, to come. But loving God one-on-one, it talks about your personal one-on-one time uh, with God. And so what we're doing is we're making this available for only $10. We're using our heartstrong funds that you have given so sacrificially to make this available to you and to other people as a wonderful tool to help you grow in your prayer life. So be sure to take a look at it, and uh, we'll tell you more about that. In fact, next week, I'm going to be having some orientation sessions after services. You'll see it up here on the screen uh, at 10.30 and 12.30, right after the services. If you'd like to join us, you don't have to have the orientation uh, to understand the journal, but it certainly does help uh, just to give you a head start. Uh, So, again, that will be next week after service. I'll be teaching you about how to use this and make this a part of your time alone with God. Well, uh, now, this whole idea of a prayer and what I want to teach you uh, this month is uh, the 4-4 pattern. Now, those of you who have been involved in music know the 4-4 pattern. If you're directing a band or orchestra or choir, you know, you've got the upstroke, the downstroke, this stroke and that stroke, right? Upward, downward, inward, outward. Anybody know that? Any music people out there, right? Upward, downward, inward, outward. Well, this is the pattern that we see in the Lord's Prayer. Upward, downward, inward, outward. Do that with me, okay? Okay? Be careful not to hit your neighbor, right? Upward, downward, inward, outward. Upward, downward, inward, outward. And the whole idea is is that we go upward in reverence to God in our prayer time, and then we go downward in response to God, and then we go inward with our request to God, and then we go outward in being ready uh, for our day, and we're going to be looking at this. But the first question is, why is it so hard to pray? Ever wonder about that? Why it's so difficult to pray? I would say that the discipline of prayer ranks right up there with the discipline of giving, the discipline of generosity, of giving to the Lord. That's a real challenge for many people. But I believe prayer is just as difficult uh, for many reasons. Uh, the first reason is, is like it's, no, it's like no other conversation. It's like no other conversation you have. Usually when you're talking with some people uh, or a person, uh, there's feedback. The person is speaking back to you. And so uh, there's feedback. You're going back and forth. Even if you're texting, there's hopefully some feedback uh, with that. But when you're praying to God, there's not necessarily instantaneous feedback. Sometimes there is. You get an impression from God. But it's like you're speaking to nothing for some people. It's kind of a foreign language you have to learn. It's a skill you have to develop. It's a discipline that you have to make part of your life. Another reason why it's challenging to pray is boredom. You get bored because 
there's no feedback, and, and we live in a very task-oriented society. About, we're all about getting things done. Uh, we, we love stimulation, surfing the web, uh, playing with our smartphones, uh, playing with our remote, going through all these cable channels. And when we come to pray, well, it's really different. It's really slow. There's not a lot of feedback, and therefore we can easily become bored and sometimes fall asleep. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> I think it's happened to all of us, right? It also doesn't feel productive. We're all about getting things done here in America. That's the way our culture is. And after you spend 10 to 20 minutes in prayer, many times you feel like you've got nothing done. Now, you know you have, but it doesn't feel like you've done something. So therefore, when you're rushing through your day and you're trying to determine what your priorities are, Many times you say, well, I don't have time to pray because that's not going to get something done. Another thing is a fear of intimacy. Prayer is about talking with God about your needs, and sometimes uh, we're not too comfortable with that. Another thing is lack of role models. I mean, where have you learned to pray? Where'd you learn how to drive? Well, probably you learned how to drive from your mom and dad. They taught you for 16 years how to drive, and then when they started to drive with you, they taught you the right way to drive, not the way they drove. <laughs> right? Okay? Now, you don't roll through stop signs like I do. You don't speed like I do. That's not the right way to drive. My dad had a lead foot, and it's cost me money and time in traffic school because I learned how to drive from my father. <laughs> uh, where'd you learn how to play sports? Well, by watching other people play sports, but the problem with prayer is there aren't many role models out there. I mean, how many times do you see people praying? And therefore, if you don't see people praying, you don't learn how to pray. So we need to have more role models. Prayer needs to be a part of family life so kids can learn how to pray. One of the biggest reasons we don't pray more is because of spiritual warfare. There's one person on the planet that believes more in prayer than anybody else. Who is that? It's Satan. Satan knows that prayer is powerful. He believes in the power of prayer more than anyone on this planet. And that's why he wants to discourage you and I from praying. He wants us to think that prayer is boring, that prayer doesn't get anything done, that we don't need prayer. He's going to fill our minds with excuses about why we shouldn't pray. When we do try to pray, he's going to frustrate us because he knows that we, speaking to God, depending upon God, expressing faith in God, is going to keep us from experiencing the power of God. All right, well, let's take a look at the Lord's Prayer briefly, because that's where this 4-4 prayer pattern comes from. Luke 11, 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his Disciples, The Lord's Prayer is found in Luke 1 and Matthew 6. So let's jump over to Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that's the upward stroke of reverence. All right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll talk about that next week. That's response, how we respond to God. Uh, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's the inward stroke. That's the idea of the request that we make to God. 
And 13 is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the whole idea of readiness, readiness to take on the world with God at our side. So let's take a more specific look at each of these. First of all, we have upward reverence. And who is God? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's how the prayer starts out. It's all about God. And so as you move through your time with God, the first question you ask is, who is God? Who is he? That's what it's all about, is finding out about who God is. And the way you do that is you start out with Scripture. Because Scripture teaches us who God is. Then it goes on to the downward response. uh, The idea of how shall I respond. So I've learned who God is by looking at Scripture. So what does that say about how I should respond to God? And the key word there is surrender. You need to surrender to God's will. We'll talk more again about that next week. And the third thing is inward. The inward stroke is about request. What should I pray about? Again, look in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So it's requests, our daily bread, our daily needs, our resources, our relationships, and also the idea of confession is found here. And then outward is readiness. Where do I go from here? And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're in the midst of a spiritual battle. So how are we going to ready ourselves? What does God talk to us about in our quiet time, in our devotions, in our time alone with God? What do we need to do now through the power of Christ to continue to grow in the Lord? So, again, let's review this. Everybody ready? We're going to go upward, right? Upward, that's reverence to God. Downward is our response to that. And then we go inward for requests and outward for readiness. Okay? So we've got reverence, we've got response, we've got requests, and we have readiness. Uh, We're going to learn that over the next several weeks, and hopefully... Uh, you'll memorize that, and you'll know how to spend time with God. And it's simply, okay, who is God? Who is He? Let me learn more about Him. Let me seek after Him. And then, how should I respond to who God is? And then, what request do I have for God? And then, how does He want me to be ready for the life that lays ahead of me, the day that lays ahead of me? All right? Well, let's move on here, and let's take a look again at this whole idea of reverence. Matthew 6, 9. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. The stunning thing about this, as people heard Jesus Christ pray this particular prayer, is that our Father, in that particular day, the word that he uses is Daddy. Now, that was unheard of. In that day, uh, there was a tremendous respect uh, for God. We talk about the transcendence of God and the imminence of God. The transcendence of God is that God is holy, God is sovereign, God is in heaven, God is in control of everything. But then there's also the imminence of God in the sense that God is very close to us, that God loves us, that God 
is concerned about every detail of our life. And there has to be a balance in your view of God of how transcendent He is as well as how imminent He is in your life. And back in that day, the Jewish people were all focused on transcendence. There wasn't a sense of imminency in their relationship with God. They didn't think about how much God cared for them and loved them and showed them grace and things of that nature. So when we talk about our Father or our Abba, it really shocked them that Jesus Christ would use such a word to describe the transcendent God. Well, he was thinking about the imminency of God and how much he does love and care for us. Dick Schmidt, who leads our prayer ministry, and we've got wonderful people on our prayer team who continue to hold up the torch of prayer uh, in our family. Uh, Dick Schmidt emailed me when he saw I was doing this series, and he says, Dan, I think a lot of people struggle in prayer because of their relationship with their earthly father. And I do agree with him. I mean, if you had a difficult relationship with your earthly father, it's going to be hard for you sometimes to connect with God the Father. Because, again, your experience with your earthly father is going to be baggage. Now, if you had a great relationship with your earthly father and he loved you as a dad should, well, then you're going to have no problems. But if you had difficulties, if your father didn't say that he loved you, if your father didn't encourage you, if your father wasn't there for you, uh, if negatively your father... Uh, abused you verbally, uh, yelled at you, cursed at you, uh, if your father abused you in some other way, well, that really becomes problematic, right? And that's something you need to pray and work through and, and get your eyes off your earthly father and get, him on, get your eyes on the standard, which is our heavenly father. And look at other good role models of fathers and say, yeah, well, my, my earthly father was a disappointment. He wasn't perfect, and unfortunately, he sinned against me. But I need to move past that, and I need to see God as my perfect heavenly Father who cares about everything in my life and loves me and wants to help me and wants to help me mature in my relationship uh, with Him. And people have all ideas about uh, who God is. And if you're very immature, you have a 911 orientation with God, right? You only call God when you really, really, really need Him. When you've tried everything else, this type of God is a last resort type of God. Well, I've tried everything. I've talked to everyone. I guess I'm going to have to throw it up to God and see, see what He can do with it. We see this in media all the time, in movies and TV shows, when people are at the end of their, oh, God. We see it in our country when... When there's some type of disaster going on, you'll see people praying. Now, we're never sure what God they're praying to, but they are praying in the sense that they're not depending upon themselves. Well, we don't want to just have a 911 God, right? That's very, very limiting, and that's very wrong when it comes to what the Bible has to say about who God is. Uh, some people have a Mr. Fix-It God. They want to go to God with all of their problems and say, God, I want you to fix this person, I want you to fix my wife. I want you to fix my kids. I want you to fix my boss. Because they all have problems. And if they'd get their act together, then life would be great. Now, we never say, God, fix me, because oh, I don't got any problems. <laughs> it's all these other people that are messing my life up. 
But in reality, we all know that God is concerned about one person. He's not concerned about your boss, your wife, your kids. He wants you to change. And he'll enable you to change if you come to him humbly and submit uh, to his will. Uh, another God uh, that some people uh, have that we think of God as is the Amazon God. I, I, I like the Amazon God. <laughs> it's funny. We were playing some board games over vacation, and one of my kids said, hey, let's play Clue, and we don't have all the pieces to Clue. It's been around in our family for a long time. I think uh, Colonel Mustard is missing, and the candlestick, and that kind of thing. So I had my computer open. I went to Amazon, found Clue, clicked it, boom. It was like a minute that I ordered that thing in. And in three days, Clue will be at my doorstep. Isn't life great? That's the Amazon type of God. Now, with the Amazon type of God, maybe you give him more than three days. You give him 30 days, all right? All right, I'm praying this, and 30 days I expect delivery on my doorstep of whatever I've asked for. <laughs> and when God doesn't get, us, get it to us in 30 days, we get upset. We get angry and say, what's the deal here? You know, why aren't you delivering on my grocery list? Well, why don't you, why, you see my wish list here, right? Mr. Amazon, why aren't you delivering for me? Well, that's the wrong view of God. What's the right view of God? Well, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That means holy. Holy, holy, holy is our God. Holy is the idea of set apart, separate, special in every way. What we need to always remember is that it's always all about God and all mercy we are so narrow in the way that we view our lives as we reflect upon today. Did I have a good day today? Did I feel okay? Did I have fun? Did I buy any new stuff? Am I happy in my relationship with my wife and my kids? Did, did, did my favorite TV show come on? And did I really enjoy that TV show? Oh, we just are so <laughs> selfish. <laughs> And me focused, right? And it's not about us. It's all about Him. That's what prayer teaches us. That's what prayer should be all about. God is concerned about all our needs. But we have to start out with the fact that it's all about Him. That this world is all about Him. Our every day is all about Him. Knowing Him. Serving Him. It's not about all the little things that we are so consumed with. Our little the universe... You know, again, uh, uh, revolves around us when, when we need to revolve around God. God is holy, and, and we need to learn about Him. We need to seek Him. And here's one thing I really want you to remember from our time today. We need to seek His face instead of seeking His hand. We need to seek His face instead of seeking His hand. To seek His face first. What does that mean? It means that we need to know God first before we seek His hand. Seeking His hand is the Amazon God. right? And there's nothing wrong with presenting your request to God. God wants to know about what's going on in your life. He wants to help you, but sometimes we become so consumed with that we forget about what prayer is all about, and that's about establishing a relationship with God. With God. We read in Hebrews 11:6, without faith it is impossible to please God, 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. We need to seek God. John 4.23, But the hour is coming, and it's now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. And Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God wants us to seek His face. What does that mean? He wants us to know Him. Prayer is about a relationship with God. Prayer is about learning who He is. Many of you are on Facebook. What a great name, right? Facebook. That's ingenious. Facebook. Imagine if on Facebook they came up with a new policy, which they tend to do quite often about different things, but if all the faces were blurred out and all your pictures, everybody's pictures, there were no faces, just bodies, how interesting would that be? <laughs> well, it'd be boring, right? <laughs> You'd lose interest in Facebook because there would be no faces. Because when you think about another person's face, that's how you know that person. That's how you remember that person. So thankfully, people hopefully don't remember us by our bodies. <laughs> but they remember us by our faces. That's where our emotion is. That's where our warmth is. That's where our facial expressions are. That's how you truly know a person is by studying their face, connecting with their face, making eye contact. It's all about the face. So the first thing we need to do before seeking God's hand is to seek His face, to know Him. And how do you do that? Well, the way you do that is by reading God's Word because this is God's face. This reveals God's face. Well, when, you, when you sit down to pray, when you're having your time with God, when you're starting a conversation with God. If you're going to sit down with God and have a conversation with Him, who do you think should speak first? Who do you think should speak first? You and God are sitting down and have a conversation. Who should speak first? Anybody? God, right? I mean, if you're, you're sitting down with somebody at a higher rank than you are, someone that you truly respect, that you have the honor of sitting down with, who, who should speak first? Well, they should speak first, right? So, so how does that work in prayer? Well, you've got to open your Bible. Every time you go, I mean, certainly as you walk throughout the day, you're going to pray and those type of things, but when you sit down to pray, the first thing you should do is open the Word of God because you've got to hear what God has to say to you. All right? You always... Start prayer by opening the Word. Now, you might have devotionals that you read, and they give you scriptures that you can focus on, but you've always got to start with the Word of God. And I want to illustrate for you this 4-4 pattern of prayer. I want you to take out your message notes, uh, the green sheet here, okay? The green sheet, the paper, your message notes. Everybody want to do that? And again, I think everybody has a pen, but raise your hand if you don't have a pen. And what we're going to do is we're going to quickly step through uh, this devotional as we celebrate communion uh, together. 1 Corinthians 11:23 23 
through 29. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's say you're at home and you're having your prayer time. So you take a passage of Scripture and you first ask the question, the reverence questions we're talking about here, who is God? Right? So take a moment here and reflect on this passage and, and say, okay, what does this passage teach me about God? Okay? Everybody take your insert out, read the passage. Uh, you'll see it up here on the screen. You can keep going back and forth between the two slides there. But just take a moment uh, to think through this. All right? And again, this pattern that I'm teaching you, you can do every day. You take any passage of Scripture, the first question is, who is God? There's a limited time I'm going to have to move along here, but some of the things I wrote down, our God is a sacrificial God, right? I mean, he sacrificed his son. Our God has sacrificial love for us. I wrote down that uh, our God is coming back, right? You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Uh, I wrote that God uh, loves thanksgiving. God loves when we thank him because that's the whole idea behind communion is we're thanking him, right? All right, well, let's move on here. The next question, again, you do this every day in your prayer time, is how shall I respond? Think about this. Okay, I know that God's a sacrificial God. I know that uh, he values Thanksgiving. I know that uh, he loves me deeply. Uh, I know that he's coming back. So how do I respond to that? How do I respond to what I've just learned about God? So you think through that question. Then you go to the next question. What should I pray about? Now, certainly when you are thinking about this particular passage in the context of communion, uh, you pray about, obviously, preparing for communion. To search your heart and see if there be any sin that needs to be confessed. Uh, see if there's any relationship that needs to be restored. Uh, those are different things that you can pray about. And then where do I go from here? How do I move out into the world? What does God want me to do? I mean, maybe as you sit through a time of communion or as you reflect upon this passage, you're saying, okay, you know, there is that one sin that I've been struggling with, and I need to ask uh, the Holy Spirit to empower me in a, a new and uh, a refreshing way in order to how to deal with that particular sin. So the idea here, guys, is that you move through these four different questions. But any passage of Scripture, and we're going to be talking about each of these as we go throughout uh, this month and unpacking this, but that's the idea. We're going to have our 
communion servers come forward at this time, and they're going to pass out uh, the elements. I want you just to continue to work on this, continue to work on these questions, and we're going to have you take communion uh, at will. Whenever you decide you're ready, we'd like you to take uh, communion. So spend some more time thinking through these questions, and then just take a moment to pray the prayer to God. It might be simple and short. We haven't had a lot of time. But just jot down some thoughts in each area as God leads you. You might not have any in a particular area. But before you take communion, pray back to God what you've written down here. Let's take a moment to do that. here. As soon as you're ready, pray that prayer to God that you've written out and uh, partake of communion. Father, we want to thank you that you are a sacrificial God. You loved us so much that you sent your Son to die for us. We want to thank you that you're a God 
who wants us to remember, who wants us to be filled with thanksgiving. Lord, I pray that we would be better at thanking you and remembering all your benefits. And Lord, we also want to thank you that you're God that's coming back. And that's our hope, and that someday we'll celebrate communion with you in heaven. What a glorious day that will be. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so there you saw the pattern for prayer. Uh, again, let's do it again. We go upward, downward, inward, outward. Again, upward, downward, inward, outward. Again, we have reverence, response, request, and readiness. We'll continue to unpack this. What I'd like you to do this week... Again, it's just four simple questions, so take your message notes home with you. And what you can do is you can take a passage each day in your quiet time and unpack it like this. Now, what I encourage you to do, if you have no other type of plan, is to look at the Psalms. So just go right through the Psalms today. Take Psalm 1 and, again, go through question 1, 2, 3, 4. Get some type of journal out to record this. And then Monday, Psalm 2, and so forth. And put a website on your notes that you'll see in this next slide. Again, you can go to this particular website and get the devotions from Moody. There are also some other resources that you can use in your devotional to find different passages. Jesus Calling, we've talked about that particular book. You can buy that at our cafe for $10, or you can buy the Kindle edition for $7.59 off Amazon. Uh, the 2959 plan, you can place your order today at the ministry counter. If you want to make sure you can have it, you can pay $10 at our cafe and take a look at it out there. Of course, our daily bread, the day in the word, or other ones that I have there, uh, devotionals that you can use in your time alone uh, with God. Finally, First Chronicles 1611. This is a great verse you might want to take as a First, to meditate upon, seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Again, the main thing I want you to walk away with today is before you seek the hand of God, that's fine. Go ahead and seek the hand of God. He wants you to do that. He commands you to do that. But first of all, seek His face and start every conversation that you have with God with His Word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time uh, that you've given us to learn more about what you taught us in the Lord's Prayer, about the pattern of prayer, of reverence and response and requests and readiness. I pray we'd build this into our prayer life, that we'd always start with your Scripture first to learn about you. I pray that we would always be seeking your face, always forgetting about ourselves and realizing that you are the main thing. In Christ's name, amen. This time we're going to have a